The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Good morning, welcome to the show. Vassas is here. Aloha. Uh, Rachel's here. Greetings. On the show, coming up, we have two amazing England cricketers, one of whom was in action last night, the other one was there in attendance, two England ladies cricketers. Tell us about Heather Knight, please, if you don't mind, Rachel, and tell us also about Kate Cross. Heather Knight and Kate Cross, two amazingly talented women. Heather has played 100 women's one-day international matches for England. She is a right-handed batter, a right-arm off-spin bowler. She's a very impressive player. (laughs) And as for Kate, she may not have been on the pitch yesterday, but listen to her voice when she's on here today because she has a podcast. It's called No Balls. And she's also (laughs) a talk sport commentator. Thank you very much. Very clever title of the podcast. Also, Crofty's on the show today ahead of the Silverstone, the British Grand Prix. Tell us about Crofty, please, Vassars. He is the voice of Formula One. I think we can say that now. You know, it was Murray Walker, but now it's David Croft. And he really cuts through the generations. I mean, Crofty's a friend of mine and we've commentated on darts and all sorts together uh, for, for 20 years or more. But my son loves Crofty because when he commentates on Formula One, which is not an easy sport to commentate on. He always, not usually, always gets it right. He says exactly the right thing at exactly the right time. And even, you know, even the races, and sometimes they're a bit, mm, he makes them sound exciting. Brilliant. No, he does. He does. He does. In fact, you know, a lot of the whole of Formula 1 success is down to Crofty, and he doesn't get enough credit for it Mm. or enough cash, frankly. What I often think when Crofty's on our show is if I could pick anybody in the world to record my voicemail message, I would like it to be David Croft. But you can. (laughs) Could you imagine if people called you up and it was him? Because they would immediately go, oh! But that's like saying if I won the lottery and not really ever standing a chance of winning the lottery, even though we all stand the chance it's not really a chance, which is why the lottery is the lottery. But you can pick anyone in the world because you know Crofty, so you can get him to do it. I could get him to do it. It's like, it's like knowing you have a winning ticket for the... All you have to do is give the person £2 because that's the winning ticket. That's, what, that's the situation that's what you're in. you think that's what would charge me? <laughs> oh, I'll pay. I'll, I'll, you know, if you're a bit short. Thanks. The Taskmaster millions are, are running dry, <laughs> which is highly unlikely. Uh, who was Alexander Graham Bell calling? Because today, Thread is launched. Using his sound skills, he created the telephone and made the first call in 1876. We've just re- received our first Thread, um, as opposed to our first tweet from a listener. You can get onto Thread now. He called Thomas Watson. Oh, did he really? His assistant said, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. Alexander Graham Bell proposed ahoy as a standard phone greeting before Thomas Edison popularised the word uh, hello. I didn't know that. I know that Dickens saved Christmas uh, because Christmas was going out of favour and wasn't celebrated for 35, 40 years in Britain, was it? Uh, before Dickens started, right? Well, Christmas had gone. Christmas, Christmas is... Um, Bolt was shot, but I didn't know that. I didn't know Watson actually came up with hello and popularised the word, of, uh, the, the, the use of hello. That's incredible. So Thread, um, it launches today. Um, you can now get on Thread. I'm quite surprised, Rachel, in your bulletin there to hear 5 million people have signed up, which sounds a lot until you think about Facebook's database. And then I think, oh, that's not very many. That was what Zuckerberg said happened in the first four hours yeah, so but when I it launched s- at midnight I know, when lots of people still asleep. I, I know, guess. that's what you said in your bulletin, which I listened to, but I still don't think it's very many. 
Well, I'm imagining it's a lot more since then because I guess the, I guess the sort of thing about that is you'd expect people to to not be awake if people have stayed up to sign up. And that's <sighs> come on, really. You know, the techies around the world. Seven point eight billion people, five million in the first four hours. I, I that surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Taylor Swift puts tickets on sale. You know, a billion people sign up for the pre-sales. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You in the to, first minute. You need minute. Taylor Swift to start that's threading. Swifty. That's what she, this should, she should call it Swifty, not Threddy. I don't know. Anyway, that's all going on there. Uh, back to page of the papers we've talked about. So it's all about the cricket today. It was about just stop oil. Well, sort of. They were just spreading leaves yesterday. So it's funny that there was this whole kerfuffle, um, this whole sort of brouhaha at the beginning of the week about the queues getting into Wimbledon because they'd had to heighten security because of the threat of just stop oil protesters. And then they seemed to sort the queues out yesterday. What happens when they expedite the queue procedure? The just stop oil protesters sneak some leaves in um it, do you know what they were actually what they were 22 pound thousand piece center court jigsaws because they couldn't get any of their oh, i thought they know, were leaves no it looked like leaves didn't they but they confetti as well as yeah there was a bit yes yeah, so oh, no leaves like the leaves no leaves oh well yeah. leaves. so they've now withdrawn. which i quite liked i quite like the fact it was leaves because it's quite environment it's like also could they buy the jigsaws there yeah but they've now withdrawn those from sale <laughs> So there'll be strawberries today. They'll yeah. be spreading strawberries and they'll be throwing pims over everyone. Strawberries could be quite sort of squishy and slippy. Yeah, but good value for money. Um, how mm. much were the jigsaws? Twenty-two pounds for a thousand piece jigsaw. Twenty-two pounds. How many did they rec- How many did they buy? Um, there were two. There were two spread on court eighteen yesterday. <laughs> it's so extraordinary. Yeah. But how do you stop them? Um, somebody said in the papers this morning, uh, what is the point? So on one of the front pages, here we go. Express, just stop now, as opposed to just stop oil. What is the point of disrupting Wimbledon? Well, the point is it's on the front pages of your paper. That's that's the point, I suppose, isn't it? Um, and it's very hard to, to combat this because it takes alternative thinking to uh, neutralise alternative thinking because they, they are thinking out of the box. This, this time around, out of the jigsaw box. Clearly. Um, so who would you deploy? Do you know who I'd deploy to come up with a, a, a strategy against them? Elon. No, I would I would deploy a magician. Okay. Oh, uh, why? Well, because magicians, because I've been studying the Magician World Championships recently, mm-hmm. and they have, to li- they have to think out of the box to fox the whole audience mm. because we're all trying to figure out, we're all trying to figure out how they do what they do. So what are we? What what is what is certain people having to figure out at the moment? What are just up all going to do next? That's what magicians do on a daily basis. They figure out how to outfox us, and we try and figure out how to outfox them. But the thing is, they do it for a living, twenty four seven, and we're just amateurs who turn up for their ninety minute show. And um, the there's a did you know that this 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 world um, magicians world championships? It's a, it's magicians coming together. For the magician world games, like can the you Olympics. well can you imagine how great the tricks are? Because the whole audience consists of other magicians. Brilliant! And the the greatest trick ever to be performed at the World Championships was in 2022. It was last year, and the guy who performed it, um, his name is Simon. He's an Australian. His name is Simon something. And in 2012, he performed the first incarnation of the trick that won the Ma- Magicians World Championships last year. And he performed it first in its first form, the first draft, if you like, in 2012 at the UK uh, rounds of the World Championships. And he's been holding it for 10 years. Yeah. And he has to think, he, you should get him. And maybe they've got him. Maybe he's, a, he's just a poor guy. Maybe he's like, oh, I'll just come up with this stuff. So his 
trick, this trick that, that floored everyone to the extent that the 2,000 magicians who were in the audience on the day that he performed this, on the final day, it's like a boat race. You, you keep performing, you stay in, and then you, you get to the last day, and then you're on again, and, and they're the finalists, and somebody wins. When he performed this particular trick, which is un apparently, it leaves, it's like David Blaine can't watch it because it's too depressing for him. It's that good, this trick. Um, he equates it to, he said, he said, I finally realized 36 hours, 10 years into this illusion, 36 hours before I was going to perform it for the final time, I woke up, my eyes widened, I was in a hotel room, and I suddenly realized how to make it the best it could ever be because I thought about a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And then he says, do you know how caterpillars become butterflies? Do you know how caterpillars become butterflies? Uh, yeah, they um, they get in a cocoon. Yeah, and what happened? That bit, right. So what? So if you think about a magician, you know, when they put a curtain up or a drape and something's happening behind mm. the curtain. So what happens in the chrysalis? What happens in the cocoon, do you think? What, how, what happens to the caterpillar? whilst in the cocoon by the way trick question because you, you don't know i didn't know the answer grows wings grow that's what i thought what did you think get smaller and grows wings yes yeah, so and then sort of turn the rest of it to suddenly then turns into the butterfly yeah. bit but the first thing you'd imagine happens is that it sprouts wings i don't know why we all think that it could sprout antenna first but we all we think it sprouts wings then the other stuff happens yeah. how, does it, how does it sprout wings it doesn't matter it sprouts wings right it's not what happens caterpillar right turns into a chrysalis, mm -hmm. then everything, the entirety of the contents of the chrysalis turns into liquid, 100%. And then from that liquid, a butterfly forms, grows out of the liquid. And that's, that's what he thought, I need to turn my trick liquid. And then what happens at the end comes from that. And that's how he and that's the brains that you need to deploy to outfox the just spread jigsaws. <laughs> in my humble opinion. But what, what do I know? See, if I was on thread, that's what I would thread that today. Morning, Chris. First time threader here. First time threader. Knock a doodle do. Love you guys. Have a fantastic Thursday, Charlotte in sunny Jersey. The great thing when something new comes out is you don't have to text anything useful, informative, mm. funny, or witty. You just have to use it. So you can just do the basics, can't you? Just have a great day. I'm thre I'm threading because it throws you off your message. The fact you're just so excited about the m the medium. Well, do you remember the first video on YouTube, which my dad only very recently stopped calling Let's get it. YouTube? Let's get it. Let's get it's, YouTube. It's, Let's get it. it's the whoever founded YouTube in a zoo, I mm -hmm. think, and he's just going look at that um, elephant, isn't it big? And <laughs> they still own that guy. Still owns YouTube. Anna on Threads, first time threading, long time listener. Have a great day. See, this is just thrilled to thread. I like it. Jason on Threads, morning Chris and the team. I'm just after the Isle of Wight on the rib. There you go. This is a bit of a message in that one. Woo! First time threading. Everybody gets uh, the knock a doodle doo bell, boxing bell, for threading because it's your first time threading. Elaine on Threads. Happy Threads Day. Very good. Very strong. Come on, work on the show, I dare you. The whole butterfly thing is so interesting. Aussie Jane knew. Aussie Jane knew. Aussie, Aussie, come on in. Come on in, Aussie Jane. Aussie Jane, in betwixt 
Um, the Australian ladies team being defeated at the Oval last night and the Aussie men taking on the England men at Headingley today. In betwixt all that, ahead of going to Bruce Springsteen tonight. Oh, so excited. And going on holiday on Saturday. Oh, so excited. And you know about the butterfly. <laughs> yeah. So caterpillars crystallise and then within the chrysalis, or the cocoon, call it whatever you like, they turn to liquid and it's from liquid that the butterfly grows Boom. Mic drop nature. You knew this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Once you know this fact, you just can't forget there's, it. There's no other fact. There's no other fact that comes close to this in the world. 1.3 million Earths fit inside the sun. Yeah, okay, that's all right. Bit of pub ammo. Nice bit of pub ammo there. But this is ridiculous, isn't it? Ridicul redonculus. 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 Where does that come from? I don't know. It's just... It's plucked from thin air no it's not i've not invented it it's a word is it yeah i like it redonkulous how come you knew about the butterfly well i actually had silkworms as a kid growing up as a pet Aussie <laughs> <laughs> um, jane gets better and better every time we just talk to her we work with her every day <laughs> i don't think i've ever told you that but, you, um, I, I know you've yeah. never told us that <laughs> them or uh, do you no. have loads of them is it like a colony like it, when you have normal little worms in those sort of soil glass cases oh it's a colony and boy do they breed and they breed fast and they <laughs> well they have to oh, their days are numbered how they're big incredible. are they they're quite small but you can hold them in your hand and then uh they, they eat mulberry leaves, so that's the only thing they will eat. So you have to source mulberry very leaves. Very healthy diet. Yes. And then eventually... <laughs> Not very varied. Is it complex fibre, that, or is it simple fibre? I don't know. Anyway, go, carry on. The, the worms... Maybe there's, maybe there's a secret there's a secret in the mulberry leaves. There must be. Sorry, carry on. They're really cute little things. They're really cute. And so there's nothing cuter. They eventually thread these silk thread. cocoons. Thread is thread. the word of the day, everyone. <laughs> Which are incredibly beautiful if you've mm. never seen a silkworm cocoon google one now um they're all they range in a various colors it's safe to do so <laughs> and then out of these cocoons come the silkworm moth or silk moth Sim I suppose. very similar to the butterfly isn't it yeah, and uh, From so I was liquid. always interested in. So, so when did you learn the liquid bit? Sorry, I apologise. When I was a child. So you learnt. So you learnt it then. Yes. Who told you about the liquid? Probably bit? a teacher, or maybe one of my books and about did bugs. They, did they say the fascinating thing is it's not the worm growing wings? What yeah. happens within the chrysalis is the worm turns to liquid, and from the liquid something grows. Yes. Oh my god. Because I don't understand oh my, how my that mind's works. Blown. I have to did go. you I'm get? I'm going to have to go home. Did you, did you get silk that you could have har harvest? Well, we could have, yeah. That's how silk is made. Oh, I don't know what to do with this one, do you? I don't know what to do with this one. Oh, because you're right, the little cocoons are really sweet. They're like little <laughs> fluffy eggs. <Yeah. laughs> the whole thing about the, the miracle of nature anyway, of which we are part, you know, is the fact that nature goes, Mother Nature goes, Look, the world. Doo -doo. And you go, yeah, all right. It's okay for the first day, but I, I just, I need to go online now and do my cardo shop. And she goes, well, how about the universe? And you go, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good for an hour with Brian Cox on a Sunday night on BBC One. She goes, geez, you're a tough audience, aren't you? Okay, I'll do the butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> do the butterfly, then she goes, do the butterfly. So, because nature, Mother Nature, she said, could have said, caterpillar, um, one of my species. And here's the butterfly. No, they're my... She said, no, no. So they need they need waking up these human beings. I'm going to do caterpillar and butterfly. And caterpillar turns to liquid. Then liquid turns to butterfly. Ta-da! No need for membership of the magic circle. This is for real.
unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. It is truly it's the best thing. It's the best thing. I've never. I don't know what to do now. I might go home and just get ready for the cricket and put an album on. I've literally been blown away by that. All right, so today's show has slipped into being about three pillars. It's about the cricket last night and today. It's about the ladies last night triumphing heroically at um, the Oval. It was just awesome. Every ball was gripping. It ebbed and it flowed. It was more than ebb and flow. It's like a tsunami one way and a tsunami the other way. England, um, we we were doing really well. We we scored 101 for one, and then we lost five wickets in 19 balls. And then you know we batted first, and we needed at least 160 or 180 decent um, total to to bowl or to, to set Australia to chase, a decent chase total. And it wasn't going very well. Um, so, you know, we were like 120-odd for six. And the Aussies' tails were up and they were doing what they do so well. And then with five overs to go, we scored 64 runs of four overs. That is the most runs ever scored of four consecutive overs in a T20 game since the game was invented, which is awesome. So we have a total of 186. Australia have to chase uh, and they have to score 187 to win. And then it just all goes off. And it was so exciting. And it went down to the last over. And Heather Knight made the... Heather Knight is the England cricket captain. She played a 100th game, uh, 100 T20 game last night at the Oval. She got a massive round of applause. She presented with a cap before the game. It was just absolutely fantastic. And it was down to her brilliant and really brave and going against the grain and po a popular opinion... Her fantastic decision-making that we won that match last night and she's on the show to talk about it today and we couldn't be happier to have her on. Then you've got the men's ashes um, starting today. It's Sorry, continuing today and it's match three and it's at Headingley and it's at 11 o'clock and it is literally all over all of the papers. You can't move for it. It's completely overshadowed Wimbledon and what's going on with the football, which is always on the back page for some reason or another. I mean, there's a mention of Jim Radcliffe still wanting to buy Man United. It looks like he's so set on doing that. And then there's just Stop Oil and Wimbledon yesterday and a brilliant breezing through of a Brit um, after she helped clear up the whole Just Stop Oil jigsaw fiasco on Centre Court. But the, the cricket overshadows all of it by loads. The comeback is on. Um, Stokes wants hostility set to be ramped up. Aussie captain Pat Cummins has doubled down on the Bearstow stomach saying, we do it again, we do it again in a heartbeat, which I quite like. It's only a game, after all. A storm is a Cummins, back page of the sun. Stokes, fans will be fired up, we'll stump him again. So that's all going on. And then there's the launch of a brand new worldwide social platform. It's massive. It's Thread. It's there to rival Twitter. It comes from Zuckerberg. Um, it's it's a startup. It's the is it the biggest ever startup the world's ever seen? I think it probably is because it's technically a startup. It's coming from nothing. It's not like a, a butterfly which comes from a caterpillar. Um, and that's the other thing. We're talking about caterpillars today and butterflies and nature just being unbelievable. Did you know that when a, a caterpillar crystallises, that it doesn't then stay in, in the cocoon and sprout wings? It turns to liquid. And from that liquid, nature goes, ta-da! <laughs> it's a butterfly. And we go, what the heck? And then we get go back to our screens or worrying about a cardo slot delivery time. I don't know, crazy. Anyway, um, talking of today, you know, it's it's a big deal, the launch of Thread. And the launch of YouTube way back when, Vassus referenced it earlier, started with this single video, this 19-second video. I think it's the most viewed video on YouTube. 
And if it isn't, there's something wrong there. Uh, it may well not be, but I think it was for a long, long... It was the only one for a, for a day. It's the only one on there. All right, so here we are, one of the uh, elephants. And the cool thing about these guys is that, is that they have really, really, really long um, trunks. And that's, that's cool. And that's pretty much all there is to say. That's all there is to say. And... <laughs> YouTube was set up as a dating um, video service. That's what it was. And I think I think the chap, I think he still owns it because um, it's private YouTube, isn't it? You can't buy you can't buy shares in YouTube. Nobody, owns, you know, it's not a, it's not an IPO'd publicly quoted company. And I think he still owns it with a couple of his mates. And he set it up with his mates to try and get a girlfriend. <laughs> and that was Facebook as well, wasn't it? Facebook was girlfriends and boyfriends and on campus. So yeah, it was the social networking. It was the social. It Can was I the social networking. If he was trying to get a girlfriend, that video about an elephant. Not. I mean, it's, it's not that engaging. No, I think, I well? think he was testing the software <laughs> oh. to see if it worked and the hardware to see if it worked from a technical point of view to then post a video. I don't think he had trouble getting a date about a couple of years later. <laughs> I think he was all right for dates. <laughs> Strange that, isn't it? Weird. So are the elephants. <laughs> oh, Mother Nature, what are you doing to my brain? You've mulched it. I wonder what's going to grow out of my mulched brain. It's turned to liquid. You've melted it like you melt caterpillars and turn them into butterflies. Martin in Oxford, he sort of preempted or has some kind of sixth sense going on to a conversation with regards to a conversation we've been having here. If a caterpillar, not if, because when, because there's no if, when a caterpillar crystallizes and then turns to liquid from which a butterfly grows, does the caterpillar and the butterfly, do they have the same consciousness? Is it the same thing or is it a new thing? Or, you know, I suppose we go back to does a caterpillar have consciousness anyway? Is it aware that it's aware? Is it aware that it's a caterpillar? Is it aware of its place in the world? If it is, what about the butterfly? Martin, he's answered the question. We haven't even answered it. Sorry, we haven't even asked it. Here's Caterpillar fact. Scientists expose caterpillars to small electrical impulses. Even though they turn to mush, their brain retains their memories when they become butterflies, so they may turn to liquid, but they keep their character. So the caterpillar is a reincarnation. Sorry, the butterfly is a reincarnation of the caterpillar. This is so cool. <laughs> it's the coolest this is thing. so cool. Well, this should be all over threats. We need to talk about something, ab some absolute... 100% high-octane nonsense to get us away from this. Oh, if it ain't the perfect person for the job, over to you, Vassos. It's the silver-plated, silver-service, Silverstone centrepiece of the sporting summer, which Max will win, and so will you, because you get to listen to the silver-tongued, dulcet tones of our next guest. The British Formula One Grand Prix begins tomorrow live on Sky Sports. So please welcome the crafty Crofty, David Croft. All right, Crofty. <laughs> hey. <laughs> a golden intro. Morning, everyone. How are you, Crofty? Oh, mate, I'm good. I'm good. I'm buzzing for this weekend. How are you? You're buzzing like a, a bee or a caterpillar or a butterfly. I don't know. <laughs> My brain was certain of mush years ago. Don't worry about that. I know. Um, so it is, you know, what we get up to as human beings, it's mostly nonsensical because we don't really know why we're here. Uh, we were here to go and run after and catch animals and then eat them and then rest the next day to do the same. So we had enough energy to procreate and make more human beings to be equally confused in the future, which is why we invented Formula One. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's about right, isn't it? 
where, where we spend billions just racing around in circles so that Max Verstappen can win. I know. Yeah? I know, I know, I know. Uh, where do we go uh, ahead of the Silverstone Grand Prix? Why is it so special, Crofty? Why is it so close to your heart? And then I want to get—I want to ask you a specific question because I want you to solve an argument. It's more than an argument. It's a big—it's—it's it's like sort of a, a, the friendliest form of World War, domestic World War Three in our house at the moment between right. myself and Noah, who has now forgotten more about motorsport than I've ever known. He's only fourteen. It's really annoying, uh, and to do yeah. with track limits. But first of all, give us a bit okay. of a uh, wet our appetite for Silverstone this weekend. I'll wet your appetite. My 15-year-old boy is coming too, and he, he he's my go-to man when it comes to Formula One information at the moment. I'll tell you why Silverstone is so important. 480,000 people flocking to a field in Northamptonshire and Buckinghamshire uh, to see the sport they love. That's pretty good. The home of Formula One racing, 13th of May, 1950. It's where it all started. The best track, the best drivers, the greatest race that we go to of the 22 this season. You can't beat some of the corners. You can't beat some of the speeds. It's an iconic track, and I utterly adore this week. Best of the year. So yesterday we were talking about the best way to get in if you're only going for the day. The best way to attend any Grand Prix is to get there on the Thursday and Friday and be in situ so you don't get caught up in any kind of sort of stressful, you know, high blood pressure as opposed to high-octane traffic jam action as opposed to high-speed action. Um, I said either cycle in, run in, you know, park about five, ten miles away, cycle from there, uh, run from there, walk, shuffle from there, or... Um, uh, befriend a, a nearby farmer who I do believe have these sort of um, park and ride tractor trips across yeah. the fields. They do. There's lots of park and ride uh, taking place from various train stations. Uh, tractors do the uh, farmers and tractors do the same thing. Um, I would park on the fringes and walk and run in. Not everyone gets the use of a, a, an Alpine Miami South Beach edition that I've got Ooh. this week. Got to say thank you to Alpine for that. Oh, it's nice. Hang on a minute. It's very nice. This is so. This is the Alpine sports car, yeah. Yeah, it's so, great. It's it's the greatest car, the greatest road car of the last twenty years I've ever driven. There are um, those cars mm. are amazing. They're about fifty to sixty grand. Yeah. They drive better than any Ferrari, any Porsche. That is an amazing motor car. Yeah, absolutely brilliant acceleration and tight bends and corners. It's it's all about you know. Um, power and not much weight even when i'm driving it and um, they are utterly superb down country lanes and there's lots of those to get to to get to silver yeah yeah especially I, if you know the back route it's like a, an old-fashioned sports car even though it's digital it feels more analog and it feels like you're wearing it and you're part of it as opposed to you know yeah. a, 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 an optimistic passenger in it even though you're both behind the wheel uh, yeah and rear engine which is so much fun as well oh, I, I absolutely love it so do really i really grateful for that for this week Oh, Come I'd off, I'll give you a lift to the track. <laughs> I'd love to. I said to Noah, my son, I said, we can either go Festival of Speed a week on Sunday or Silverstone Sunday, but we're not doing both. So he's gone for Festival of Speed and we're going to watch you lot on the telly because you do it so well. Um, how is Silverstone Thank coping you. in the context of what has become a much more exciting world of Formula One than ever before? How is it sort of, how is it, how is it, how is it uh, keeping up its appeal? Uh, I'll tell you how it's keeping up its appeal. Um, they, they've worked really hard this year to put some great music acts on. Mm. Um, because, look, Drive to Survive has brought a new audience. Yes. A new audience that, that demands not just the racing. So for, tonight, for instance, the, the launch party, Cat Burns is playing, um, who I saw at Glastonbury. Didn't go, saw her on the telly. She was amazing. Calvin Harris uh, is also playing. It's a great 
launch night for the Grand Prix. There's some brilliant acts that are playing. Um, they've tried to put in more in the fan zone, uh, more simulators, more experiences that the fans can get to grips with, um, and more seats as well, more standing room. 480,000 will be a record crowd over the weekend, and uh, the sun is shining as well. So it's going to be utterly gorgeous. So I thought it was going to rain. But, on, I thought yeah, it was going to rain on Sunday. Not if it's going to rain on Sunday. That's the first I've seen of it. Right. Now, if it does rain, that might give us a really, really good race. That's what I want. To uh, perversely, yeah. Rain, rain is not too bad. Yeah, there's a little bit of chance of rain uh, nearby, but it's not going to rain all day. That's okay. that's the main thing. Um, as long as they stay on the track, eh, Chris? Do you want to talk about Austria? Yeah, I want. No, I want to talk about you track limits. Well, now, without getting too nerdy, so let's not get. You and I know what we're talking about. So let's keep it general, so people yeah. hopefully won't fall asleep or glaze over. So Noah says track limits. Yes, I say track limits. No, so I say don't penalise anybody for um, f- for track limits offences, and let them just all do what they want on the track because it's it's. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. They're on the edge. You know, it's fine. Um, they're not going to go off the track yeah. and go over the next hill because that would, you know, they're, they're trying to attain the fastest lap possible. And if they put two wheels over a white line, so what? I don't care. Well, I assume then that you're okay with someone hitting a shot in tennis that goes over the white line and it gets called a fair point. You see, you've got to have rules, a field of play. You've got to have a track that's defined by something. And the white line defines the track. And the reason the drivers are going over the white line Uh is because that's the easiest way to do it. Going wide at a corner means you can go faster. Uh, They have to go slower and more disciplined to stay within the white lines. Um, Personally, Hmm. if it's an automated system that updates straight away, I've got no problem with track limits. What went wrong in Austria is it was a couple of people looking at a static camera, and that's why we had so much confusion uh, with it. I'm for track limits. Noah's right on this one. You can't, you can't just, you can't just play to whatever suits you uh, as an athlete. Uh, you've got to play within the rules of All the right, sport. All right, I'll go with the t- I'll go with the tennis analogy then, because you hit me with that one. It's a good one. Um, obviously, you've been asked the question yeah, before because that was far too swift uh, an intelligent response, even for <laughs> such a genius as you. The thing about um, the thing about the cars is when they when they are carving out out their own most efficient track, that's going to become a natural line that becomes an average overall, and everybody can do it. Whereas in tennis, you know, you could be like, I, I agree with you in tennis. Tennis is is played in the confines of the court. Um, but it would be the same for it because if you if you hit the tennis ball one inch out of the court right um, and yep. you go okay it's alright for everybody who hits it out one inch but if you hit it out a foot or two feet go well it's not alright for you go well, hang on a minute they're still out but the cars will carve own carve out their own limits depending on which track they're in because all the drivers will find the most efficient line so therefore it's an organic natural track redesign during the race and it doesn't all this yeah. black white flag nonsense is and it frustrates the drivers you can tell yeah no it, I, I, I absolutely does and i get it the other point is safety and if you don't keep the drivers within the confines of the track they will find that organic line which will go nearer and nearer to the edge of the uh, the actual asphalt itself you'll go nearer the barriers you'll be doing speeds right and with not enough runoff area yeah and you'll be getting into unsafe territory yeah and the fia don't want that and you can't okay. put gravel traps in everywhere right it's not just f1 that, that, that uses these circuits so we've got to use stuff that everyone else does as well yeah unless f1 wants to play for the track exclusively i understand that if you do come up with that reason first i would have believed you i think that's your backup reason when the tennis court analogy fails <laughs> 
I think you just defer to safety. <laughs> yeah, to the, if I mention safety, he'll just shut up talking about it. Well, yeah, there there is a bit of that, but it's also <laughs> women a week. I'm trying to be relevant. <laughs> you are always relevant. Uh, no, he just says, "We said, come on, Crofty." <laughs> <laughs> I like Noah. He's a good lad. He's a very brought good him lad. Up well. He's a very good lad. Should we talk <laughs> about uh, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, right? Because yeah. everybody's saying it's not fair because Max Verstappen's got a great car. Sergio Perez has got the same car. Absolutely, and he's not made Q three. Exactly. Has he, for the last four so Verstappen yeah. is still driving the 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 the, tire, the wheels off that car, regardless of the fact it's so much better than every other car. Absolutely. Max Verstappen, since we last spoke, has improved somewhat and uh, and is going to take some stopping. But this weekend, he could join Alberto Ascari, Michael Schumacher, Sebastian Vettel and Nico Rosberg. They're the only drivers that have ever won six races in a row. And he is at the peak of his form. He's doing superbly well. Um, you'll remember back in 88 when McLaren won 11 races in a row. That's the record for consecutive victories. That's what Red Bull could do this weekend as well. They won every race so far this year. The car's great. Verstappen's great. He's going to win the title. Um, there's no two ways of looking at it. But he could go on holiday now mm. and come back to the Dutch Free <laughs> in August and probably still be in the lead. <laughs> What's Noah said now? Um, can you tell? How can you tell? He's just texted me. Um, 1988. Uh, was the way you laughed. Was that the, um, when McLaren won 11 back-to-back? Was that with the MP24? He wants to know. Something like that. He's far, far too clever for his own good. Um, quickly before you go, one more thing, one more thing. What can we ask you? Um, so, um, yeah, so Verstappen, that's all good. Um, everybody else, that's good. Uh, who, London Norris, how, who doesn't love London Norris? By the way, um, who gets the most for advertising the watches? Because this week you can't move for Grand Prix drivers advertising watches on billboards in London. I mean, obviously they know what they're doing. They've timed it all right for yeah. the British Grand Prix. Well, absolutely. And I've had to choose between my Bremont and my IWC. Ooh. It's been uh, the choice of the morning, <laughs> to be fair. I've, I've gone with the IWC because it matches the trousers today. Um, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of people coming. There's a lot of corporate hospitality. It's a very important week for the sponsors and for the partners. Lando Norris, we love. We love the fact that he was up there in the top four with the new upgraded McLaren. That should go well, but don't expect it to be as good as Austria. The big upgrades this week, Chris, we ought to talk Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Yep. Uh, massive upgrades on that car. We're keeping our fingers crossed, it brings them back into the party yep. on a regular basis because Ferrari's new front wing is good too. Aston Martin are, are doing superbly well. And behind Max, there's a lot of competition. Uh, yeah. But in front of the competition, there is Max Verstappen. He's ahead. No, the I get field. it. I get it. And you're, during the race, I'm glad you touched upon uh, Mercedes because during the race last week, Toto went full Terminator, didn't he? On um, on the radio. Yeah, he did a bit. Uh, Lewis, no. just drive the car. Lewis, we know, we know the car is no um, good. Please just drive the car. Yeah, well, hopefully this one will be better because it's heavily modified. Heavy upgrades, and you can see it all live throughout the weekend. Every time the cars are on the track, with Sky TV, where every race is live. Uh, are we still counting down to Las Vegas? Hey, listen, you can't come to Vegas. You I know can't. Let me go qualify. Yes, your show yeah. will be on air during qualifying. You know, it's mm. going to be really late at night in Vegas. Yeah, you've got to come. Just because you're now sponsored by a second-hand car dealer doesn't mean you can't come and see us at F1. Yeah, have come you on. have you seen the owner of the second-hand car dealer's house? <laughs> No, when <laughs> I come round next time. Yeah, or, or her latest aerodrome. <laughs> anyway, that's all good, isn't it? <laughs>
Yes. Well, she can fly us to Vegas then. That's Quick, what we need. Quickly, before you go, um, Noah said that Max Verstappen's plans are to retire from Formula One way before 25 and to take up um, NASCAR and also to do Le Mans and become the only driver to win all three or the youngest ever driver to win all three or something like that. Is that Have you heard that as well? He will definitely, yeah, he will definitely do other racing series when he has conquered the Formula One world, uh, which won't take too long. Um he loves racing. He loves going out, racing on sims, racing on, on, on real tarmac. Uh, he's, he's an utter genius behind the wheel, but he knows as well that there are more important things in life than just racing every single yeah. weekend. That's family, that's friends, and that's that's having another life. It's he's, interesting. He's that, a balanced guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... That, he's a balanced individual. But isn't this Nicky Rosberg's in... in um, it hasn't the effect... The Nico Rosberg effect taking place. You know, let's, you don't yeah. have to. You don't have to race for the whole life. You can make loads of money doing other things. Of course, you can. Nico's doing a brilliant job with a lot of really diverse eco projects as well. Sebastian Vettel's very happy in his retirement. You know, you don't have to be. Not everyone's a Fernando Alonso. Yeah, and not or, or everyone's a Sebastian yeah. Vettel. You know, or a Lewis. We're, we're all a bit different in that one. Um, I'd like Lewis to stick around for a couple more years. It'd be nice to see him uh, get an eighth world title. He deserves that. Um, it's great that Fernando's sticking around, but you know some people like to get it all done a bit early and then go off and have another life. It's um, yeah, horses for courses. Well, Frosty, let's hope you never do that because you are it, my friend. You are worth your weight Thank in you, gold, mate. silver, bronze, platinum. I don't know, thread, Twitter, all of it. You're the best ever. <laughs> Cheers, Crofty. And I miss you loads. All right, it's miss been you too. Great talking this morning. All right, pal. Uh, Formula One, Sky F1 this weekend. Silverstone, my friends. You're welcome. Craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. On DAB Digital Radio, on the app, on your smart speaker, and at virginradio80splus.co.uk. I got my mind set. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. 80s. Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Vassas, over to you. A record crowd at the Oval last night and a record score, a thrilling win. Fair to say, England absolutely cinched it. So the Ashes <laughs> are still alive. The momentum has turned and the men can follow suit today in Leeds. So let's all be bowled over and catch up with the great Kate Cross and the ever-bright Heather Knight. Good morning, lady. Good morning. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. How great was that? Yeah, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Okay, for people who don't know, what happened last night at the Oval? Uh, we won. It's the first time we've beat Australia in about two and a half years. Yeah. yeah, you won, but how did you win? Come on, t- tell us the story. I mean, I recapped the story this morning. Uh, I opened the show with it. I've been talking about it sort of ever since. That threads a Mission Impossible. That's been the whole show today. Yeah, well, Danny Wyatt kicked us off with the beautiful innings, yeah. uh, carving everything over point. And then we scored about, was it 187? 187, our highest score against Australia. Highest score, thanks. That. Good start, yeah, good, good start, Kate. Uh, and then we defended it. We made it a bit nervous at the end. It yeah. was always going to be a nervy one, but um, yeah, got over the line and the crowd went wild, really got behind us. But there were some records within the game though, weren't there? So um, 188 would have been the highest score ever achieved against Australia. You equaled it at 187. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you scored the most the most runs in four consecutive overs in the history of T20. Oh, wow. Wow, that's a great stat. 64 in four. You also scored the most runs in an over against Australia ever. In That's any Australian national team. Men's, women's, 
one day um, 2020 test cricket, which is 25 in one over. I mean, it was an eight ball over, but that doesn't matter, does it? We'll take it. Um, and uh, there were other things going on too. You had your 100th cap. Heather and I had a 100th cap. Yes. Thank you. Um, do, you. Do you want to be our analyst? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm just repeating things I heard on the telly. It was so exciting. I can't... Kate, what was it like? Because you were watching, weren't you, yesterday? Yeah, yeah. So I was 12th yesterday, so it was great. Like, you kind of get sucked into the crowd, so you're meant to be running the drinks on when we take wickets, <laughs> but you're too busy celebrating. Yeah. Um, when Soph got Ash Gardner, I was wandering around the boundary, and then the crowd goes up, and, yeah, you, you kind of want to be a part of it, but you've got to remember that you've, you're very much part of the team as well still. Yeah, I mean, I wish I'd have been there because I was thinking last night, I should have just gone because I could have gone. We finished at like quarter past nine. Um, it was, the atmosphere, was, it seemed to be fantastic. It's, and it's a different crowd for a women's game. It, it is a different crowd. There's lots of young girls go as well. It's not as, as revelrous. And so they're more engaged in the cricket, I think. And the, the, it was like being at a rock concert. I would imagine it was anyway at times. Yeah, no, it was. We had a, we had a brilliant crowd at Edgebaston as well last Saturday. And I think on the back of that game, we had 6,000 people buy tickets last minute to come watch us last night. Um, we've obviously got another game on Saturday in London, so anyone who wants to come and watch, um, we'd love that. I think we've sold about 17,000 tickets so far, so it's it's record-breaking for us as well in terms of, of numbers. Of yeah, and there was a bit of pushback, wasn't there, about these games coming to, to London, but it was, it was validated last night, I think. Don't you think so? Yeah, massively. The support we've had all series has been unbelievable. Like It's the most watch the most um, visible series that I think we've had um, bar World Cup so we really appreciate the sport like it really makes a difference like when you you've got all the crowd behind you we nearly stuck, snuck the win at Edgebaston um, the crowd are really getting stuck into the Aussies and, and really putting the pressure on them and, and really getting behind us and it it really makes a difference and yeah, just uh, just hearing the noise and, and hearing the support and um, chatting to people afterwards as well. There's so many young girls and young boys that are just like in awe of the girls and, and just love coming to watch us. And without getting too, again too nerdy about it, and also for people who didn't watch it, but I got I've got to, There's a couple of things we've got to talk about. I think so. You went for you opted for primarily spin last night, didn't you? The Aussies went for the opposite, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and, and they didn't really bowl their spinner. So um, we obviously batted first and made a little change to our lineup. We brought in an extra spinner uh, for a seamer as a bit of a change uh, with that Siva back bowling. And yeah, it's just two, two different tactics. Like the pitch probably was had a bit of pace and bounce in it. So at half time, I was like, oh, is this the right decision? But we've got three world class spinners, and, and they did their job last night. Kate, can you spin the ball? I could, I could try. If you need to get in the team, I'll give it a go. She's tempted to learn very quickly. Uh, Kate, what do you normally do? So for people who are listening who don't know, so what is your norm, you, you, usual role? Because you played in the last T20, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't. The last, sorry, I you played in the no. test, didn't you? Played in the test match, yeah. So I'm an opening bowler, so seam bowler. Um, so, yeah, would if I got and go in the team, would hopefully open the bowling. But... Did you fancy it last night? Oh, yeah. I think when you've got 20,000 people coming watching you play, you just want to play everything. And that's the... I said to John Lewis the other day, actually, I said, if you've got 16 happy people in your squad, then you're doing it wrong because obviously everyone wants to play. So yeah, you're yeah. always going to have some disappointed faces. But um, I think for us, it's just great, A, that we're still in this series. You know, we're keeping it alive. Yeah, we've yeah. got those two points on the board. But um, we've got such a talented bench as well that hopefully Heather knows if she needs to call on any of us, then we're going to be ready to go for her. So you need to win at the weekend to keep this going. Yeah, we do. Saturday okay. Lords. And then there's the Aegeus Bowl, which is sold out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And Taunton, I think Bristol's pretty close to sell oh, out. So, so cool. It's so Amazing. good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's so great. It's so different. I, obviously, it was my 100th cap last night. And yeah. I said to the girls at the start of the game, like, my first cap was in Sri Lanka in front of no one. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about the difference between those two caps, what's happened in between. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, just the last couple of years, I think actually the 100's been a big part of that and, and getting... Um, 
people actually coming to watch and, and once people watch it it feels like actually oh this is amazing like I had a great time Lot of, lots of people said that have come to the last few games actually but the way it's changed is just crazy and I just said to the girls make sure you enjoy it because it wasn't a lot of fun playing in front of no people like you're yeah. obviously still playing for your country but it's just such a different feeling to, to have the support you've been of, in the eye of the storm of the evolution I said you Kate because you've, sim- you've had a similar career path you've been in the game for a similar amount of time yeah I think we've, we're kind of that generation that's we're in the whirlwind and you kind of obviously know what what's going on and the momentum that is picked up but probably when we take a step back and retire and and you know you see the bigger picture of what we've been a part of obviously we we couldn't have done this without the people that have gone before us yeah um but i think the just the speed that it's gathered in the last four or five years has been incredible and and to be in the in the thick of that is just incredible can you remember a particular tipping point either of you both of you i think for me it was the the covid year i think when when sports stopped and there was a lot of men's sport going on getting put back on because of when you know we stopped because of covid and the ecb at that point really invested in women's cricket and the 100 then followed that the following year and i think that was the big tipping point for me we had 12,000 people watch a domestic game and that opening night of the 100 and i thought you know it's been marketed it's visible and people are coming so if 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 the ECB can keep doing that and do it for international fixtures, then then we've really got something to go at here. And obviously this series is proving that. Heather, I'm sure you'd echo that. Can you identify another tipping point as well, maybe? I think one in women's sport, actually, is when the hockey girls uh, won gold. And that kind of really felt like a bit of a, a shift in momentum. And, and some of the hockey girls came to watch us last night. Giselle Ainsley messaged me this morning saying I was there uh, coming to Lords. like the hockey girls are all loving it. And it does really feel like a bit of a community in women's sport at the moment. It all feels like we're in it together and, and just the astronomic rise and, and just people getting on board and getting behind us. Um, as women's sports people in this country is just amazing and it's um, very last fun to be a part of. It, last night was such a great match. It was so exciting, honestly. It was. I was I was nil by mouth, incommunicado, on the sofa. Don't interrupt. You can join in and watch, but don't talk to me. It was so, so good. Glad you mentioned hockey there because there is transference now, isn't there, from young girls playing hockey to, to getting into cricket. And, you know, with the greatest respect to hockey, it's a, it's a more sustainable, potential, potentially sustainable career uh, as a job. And you have some ex-hockey players in the team. Yeah, Sarah Glenn. Yeah, Sarah Glenn. Play, play for England under 19, yeah. did she? Yeah. yeah. Are you getting that... Tra- I mean, how is that conversation between sports, you know, for people coming into cricket, maybe cricketers going into other sports from a female point of view? How is that? Yeah, I think... Well, I remember when I was about 15 or 16, I was playing a lot of netball, but I knew that there wasn't a lot of girls playing cricket, so I yeah. thought I'll give cricket a go and then kind of progress further and quicker with that. Um, so that was probably my journey, but I think Glennie was just... She's just so talented, isn't she? I never actually got to see her play hockey, but I know that she was a, a fantastic hockey player as well. I think that transferable skill in sport is is quite um, common in, in women's sport as well. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to get as many girls and, and young boys playing cricket. And it's and, happening, isn't it? Because the crowd last night, yeah. you know, it is a definitely a younger crowd at the women's game than it is at the men's crowd. And it's joyous to see. It really lifts your spirits. It lift, lifted my heart last night. I just thought, this is so cool. It's, I mean, what is your, how close is your relationship to, to your fan base? Yeah, we, we get around them at the end of the matches. Like We try and sign as much stuff as we can because we're like, amazing that you're here. We love it. And... I think it's it's really changed. Like it used to be, girls used to come sort of dragged along by the parents, definitely, they or didn't by really their know, teachers, or you by know. the teachers. They didn't really know the players or what was going on. Yeah. And now you've got like I saw a few Alice Capsi shirts in in the crowd last night, uh, and people know exactly who the players are and, and they want to be them. And it's not just young girls as well; it's young boys. Yeah, and that's really it's important, just younger, a younger crowd, isn't it? It is, it? That's yeah, yeah. The thing. 
Yeah, slightly higher pitched. <laughs> but slightly more vocal. I remember being at the Ashes in 2005 at the Oval on the day that we won the Ashes. And it was one of the greatest moments in English cricket. And if you watch it back on TV, this is what you hear when we win the Ashes. When we, the moment we win the Ashes, this is what you hear. Because it was a sellout, but everybody was drunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got an attentive crowd who are completely engaged. I know I was there. I wasn't drunk, by the way, for once. Um, uh, we'll talk about the men's game today in a bit. Uh, what else can we talk about? There's another thing I really want to talk about. Let's talk about the men's game, and then the other thing will come back to me. So today, 11 o'clock, it's all over the papers. You're in the papers. It's over the papers. Cricket last night. Cricket again today. Clearly, you do watch the men when they're playing. Um, what should we, should we talk about the Johnny Bairstow thing? Should we talk about the fact that Pat comes and said, not only do I think we were right to do it last week, we'll do it again this morning if we get the chance. <laughs> I love all that, don't you? I love the fact he's doubled down on it because that makes it more interesting now. It's getting a bit spicy. I think Headingley is going to be a great atmosphere. I think Come it's going to be very, very West spicy. Western Terrace is always lively, so especially yeah. when they've got some homeboys playing, obviously Johnny and Joe Rudolph. I know, Johnny as well. I mean, Johnny's yeah. from Yorkshire, yeah. so you know what I mean? <laughs> if I oh. was an Aussie, I would not want to field on the boundary near that stand. No. Sure. What's 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 the vibe? You know, from that, what would how, when you saw it? What did you think? What do you think of it now? Is it good for the game? Of course, it's good for the game, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's kind of sad that we're talking about that rather than the cricket. Actually, it's just but really it gets funny. more saying, people to the cricket. It does. It does. It gets people talking. I was saying to Kate earlier. I think it's hilarious that everyone's just jumping in on it. Just in, it's like an underarm throw to the stumps to, to run someone out and like the Prime Minister's getting stuck in. It's just, it's just <laughs> quite funny, really, isn't it? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. They're on a little go at each other. It it's is great. good for business, though. Yeah, it is. I, I think people talking about cricket is a good thing, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah, and getting yeah. people watching. And I guess if more people watch because of that, because they want a bit of controversy and a bit of spice, then, um, yeah, hopefully I mean, that's a good thing. It's so electric, isn't it? That yeah. first... I mean, if... I mean, what's, what's going to get the best reaction or... or initial sort of launch from the crowd, would it be if we're bowling or if the Aussies are bowling? It's going to be if they're batting, isn't it? Because we're going to be running it. We're going to get the big... Yeah. Early Stuart wickets Broad ahead of me, I think, yeah. I hope Stuart Broad... Stuart Broad should start his run-up from behind the boundary. <laughs> that would just be funny, I wouldn't think it? The thing for me about the Johnny dismissal was that I loved the theatre that it created with Stuart Broad. Like When he came out to bat and then he's you know taking the he mick out good, of Perry and you pick it up on the stump mic. And I've never heard Lords like that. Like, no, you know, never. people singing, please don't take me home. And you don't get that at Lords, <laughs> but it, that's what the Ashes has created. It's created that theatre. And there's obviously three more men's test matches to create even more theatre. Let's go through the format of the women's Ashes for people who don't know. Because I'm not really up to speed with them. I know it's a mixed mix format. I'm, I'm not too bothered about it. Not because I don't care, just because I'm enjoying everything that's given to me. I don't really mind what's on as long as cricket's on, you know. I feel a bit sorry for the tennis at the moment, if I'm being honest, but they've got another <laughs> week to catch up. Uh, take us through the format. So where are we now? With the uh, so ashes. last night was the second T20. So we played the five-day test match. Yep. Uh, first T20 the uh -huh. other night at Edgebaston. Uh, so it's three T20s in total and then three one-days. So for people who don't know, that's 20 overs from each side. That's 20 overs of six. So that's 120 balls per side. And then you have an ODI, which is 50 times six. Yep. Yeah, so that's 300 balls per side. Doing a bit of math. <laughs> and then, what is it, what's the last match? Uh, it is a 50-over game in Taunton. So the two Mine ODIs. Afterwards. Two ODIs? Uh, three ODIs. Three ODIs, three yeah. T20s, one test match. Yeah, so each of the white ball games, uh, so T20s and 50 overs are two points, and then test match is four points. Right, good. How do you feel? What's the vibe in the in the dressing room? It's been great, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been good. We obviously lost the test match and lost the first T20, but I think the way that we've played, 
we've been really pleased with. In fact, we've gone toe to toe with the Australians. Um, we just haven't been quite able to get over the line. And I think last night was quite a big hurdle actually to to actually beat them for the first time in a long time. And it feels like now we're the, hopefully the floodgates are open and we can really pile pressure on them. Aren't you the first team to beat the, them for ages in T20? 24 games, I think. It's a lot out. of games, yeah. isn't it? I think it's 24 games unbroken. You beat them. It's great. Well done. Oh, my God. <laughs> so cool. We I'm need so to get happy. you into the dressing room, I think. What's too. that? We need to get you in the dressing oh, room. Yeah, you think. Give us a team yeah, I, I can get too overexcited, let me tell you. <laughs> um, right. So the last time we met each other, was, uh, was it the cricket? It was. Wasn't it? I was umpiring. You were umpiring. I can only apologise for everything. <laughs> so how, how how was that for you, watching Vass and I try to do what you do for a living? Uh, it was very entertaining. Um, if I remember correctly, you tried to substitute me as umpire because I gave a controversial decision against your team. Only because I was I was told I was allowed to send off an, one umpire per innings. Um, <laughs> I wasn't very good. You were brilliant. <laughs> it was just that I thought it was time. And then I realized, then I then I, I I called you back, didn't I? I did what Pat Cummings didn't do. I called you back. You did. Spirit of Cricket was the winner that day. Um obviously um Sir Andrew Strauss was on show. Yes. Um who who wasn't a cricketer that day did you think could play a bit? Uh Will Carling was obviously very he, good. He could. Um, annoyingly. Really annoying. He got annoying. A, he got a hat trick and it was our wickets. Oh. Yeah, that it was did well, awful. Didn't it? it was bad. The tell you, you who really impressed that. me was Andy Carroll because he was holding the bat. So usually you go right hand at the bottom, left yeah. hand on top like a golf club. Yeah. And he had his right hand on top and left hand on bottom. So completely the wrong way. And he was able to whack it everywhere. He was. Obviously, Andy, it. Dreadful you technique. may not know Andy Carroll's ex England footballer currently playing for Reading. Reading has played for. Um, has played Liverpool, for yes, West Liverpool, um, West Ham, and Newcastle. Yeah, but Rod Stewart's house must be doing all right, I would imagine. Um, claims to have never seen cricket before. Did, I don't believe that. Yeah, I wasn't sure on that. He must have seen. He said, oh, "I've never seen cricket." No, it's not. You must have seen cricket. <laughs> he, he'd also just come back because West Ham had won the Europa League the previous night, yeah. and he went just to watch. Um, and he came back like that morning, and then. The point is, the was point is, really good at cricket, which he claims to have never seen before. I think he was fibbing about that, but I'm only pointing that out because I'm completely frustrated about how good he was because he mm. clearly hadn't played before because he was, he, 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 you know. Yeah, he was just a natural sportsman, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I did enjoy Tom Carriage running in pads. Yeah. That was quite funny. Yeah, and he did all right, didn't he? Kept, yeah, he did. He, you know, he did what he needed to do to win the game. Um, Kate, what else can you tell us? What else is going on? What do you think about the, the, the today's get today's get game? What do the boys have to do? Obviously, they've got to win. What about the women's game? Just give us a, another minute on this this amazing summer of cricket, Round which up. we're already in the middle of, and I am loving every ball. Um, I'll start with the men. I think, obviously, they need to win. Um, yep. But we've got the first win over the Aussies now, so hopefully they can follow suit. That and will help them, won't I it? I think it will, actually, yeah. I think it will. Um, but I think from our point of view, it's just it, this is the first time we've been marketed properly and it, it feels like we're really reaping the rewards of that um we'd love as many people to come down on saturday and watch um get behind us because it really like heather said where it, is it when is it what is it lords saturday six thirty start um you're guaranteed another close game mm. of cricket it's gonna be sellout. surely it's gonna be a sellout isn't it i hope so yeah. where are we at the moment ticket sales uh 17 000, we just heard latest for and saturday. how many can fit in lords 25 25 mm. okay it's gotta happen it's gotta happen um what do you want to say before you go kiddo Oh, just thanks for the support so far and keep it coming. We've loved it and we love seeing cricket all over the papers and, and everyone talking about it. So keep. And should keep we give our up. joint um, partners a mention, Cinch? They've made a difference, massive difference, haven't they? 
Yeah, they have. They've been really supportive and they've put in a few nice days, like pub in the park for us as well. And, <laughs> and those events are quite fun. And yeah, their support's awesome. And um, that's what it's about as well, getting sponsors into women's sport and and trying to grow the game and, and make it more sustainable. So Do you think this, great. this? I mean, you know, this is what we want to happen. And I think it's going to happen, but you two are in, in the middle of it. So you want to... Do you think this momentum is going to carry on? Do you think this is now one-way traffic going forward, getting bigger, becoming more exciting, becoming more sort of um, uh, attainable by more people? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I can only see it going one way. Obviously, the Ashes series is probably the biggest series that we play in. Um, but us as players, we're just trying to keep improving and keep putting on a show. Our goal as a team is to bring people in and, and entertain those people when they come watch. So anything we can do to, to keep that momentum going um, is a great thing. Okay, when do you find out if you're on the team sheet? Uh, when Heather texts me to tell me that I am. <laughs> Friday night, maybe. <laughs> that sounds brutal, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> That's what it's like, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh dear. Leadership, give us a bit of, give, give us a minute about leadership, Heather Knight. Come on, you are the best. Oh, I uh, wasn't expecting that one here. Uh, leadership, yeah, it's a, it's a tough job. It's a great job. It's a lot of fun. You get the chance to, to kind of influence the team and, and try and direct how it goes. And I think for what me, the communica- best... What about communicating? Yeah, to, I think the best part for me is um, trying to get the best out of different characters. We've got so many different characters on our side and I love that challenge of, of working with your bowlers and, and trying to communicate the best way you can to, to help them be at their best. It's a lot of fun. We've done I... a lot of work on that actually in the lead up to this, haven't we? We've done as a squad we've we've like worked on our personality traits and what we look like under pressure and how to get the best out of each other and how to calm each other down. So it's been it's been a real ironically a real talking point for us, like being good at communication. I heard a great quote yesterday which I said a couple of times on the show. It was actually on Tuesday I heard it. There are players that make the team great and there are great players. And every team needs a combination of the two. And some are both. Some are great. Some players make the team great and are also great players. Wow. It's funny, isn't it? Because there are a few smilers in your team. Uh, you know, and I thought, like you said, I thought, yeah, she's a character. She, she, I bet they keep the spirit up in the in the dressing room and are brilliant as well. Yeah, 100%. Like, we have some real characters on our side, and I think we're at our best when we're enjoying our cricket. Who's the most pesky? Pesky? Yeah. Eccleston? Yeah, probably. She. We call her Delia because she's, she's in charge of keeping the energy up and um, sort of like, let's be having you. We need a 12th man in here. Yeah. So she she definitely brings the energy. What about Charlie? Uh, Charlie's cheeky, isn't she? Cheeky See, I, was, Charlie. yeah. I, th- I thought she was just having the most, the most fun yesterday. It looked like she was playing at school, and if you can keep that spirit about you and not take it too seriously... You, I, I just thought she was having the time of her life last night. She was. We had a little pylon as well when she. Um, I know. Yeah. She got that <laughs> run out. We, we had a little pylon, which she was dropped, quite fun. She, we didn't drop a catch. It was a difficult chance. She she didn't pull it off, but she she was had the, she was mindful enough to to help run out. It was great. Yeah, she it? was. Uh, Sophie Exton twinged her back slightly though, on the pylon, so I think we're going to bang yeah, her careful from with that the pylon. One. You got to warm up for the pylon. Yeah. Don't do, pylon cold. Whatever you do. <laughs> uh, I think we're done, aren't we, Vass? Yeah, it's great. Yeah? It's just it's all great. How does it? I mean, you were. Lords, you were at a sellout Lords when you won the World Cup in 2017. How does this series compare to compare to that day? I think that was probably the best atmosphere I've ever played in. Obviously, a World Cup final and, and winning on home turf was was just unbelievably very hard to match that. But I think now it, it just feels a lot more normal and a lot more consistent. I think Lords was like, oh my God, we've sold out. Like there's loads of people watching us. This is like a big surprise. Whereas now it just feels like kind of just the norm, like in the 100, a lot of people come watch us. The young girls coming through a lot more used to playing in front of big crowds and the pressure and the noise and, and things that that brings. So, yeah, it, it does feel like slightly different now, like it's it's going to be more consistent and, and more um, people uh, wanting to come watch us. Right, so you 100, 
didn't you? We hundreded. <laughs> we hundreded last year. We haven't hundreded yet this year. But I, it's so interesting what you say about all the supporters and and the girls there to watch you. Because even just this morning, well, last night we had a text from my brother-in-law um, and he was he was at the Oval watching you with his daughter and her school cricket team um, who are playing in the Surrey Schools Cup today. Good luck, Sylvie, and your team. And then this morning I walked in and Charlotte Fisher, who reads the news on Talk Sport, she was like, oh, I was at the Oval last night watching the cricket. It was amazing. Amazing. And I'm hearing more and more people talking about going to watch live women's sport than live men's sport. And I think that's redressing the balance and it's good to see. Who's your 100 team? We saw the Invincibles. Oh, I'm London Spirits. So oh. Oh. Okay. Well, it's rivals. all going so well. Uh, anyway, good. <laughs> cricket, everyone. Cricket, yes, cricket. Woo! And Heather Knight and Kate Cross. Can we have a control room chair, please? Because what you gave us, what you gifted me last night for free in the cover of my living room was priceless. There you go. Thank you so much and good luck with everything. Thank and thanks for coming to see us. That's awesome. Thank Cheers, you. Kate. Thank you so much.